Hey, Quiet Rebel. So before we jump into today's episode, I want to ask you a quick question. Would you love to guest on more aligned podcasts to grow your business this year without having to do it all yourself or hire an external agency that doesn't know your business as intimately as you and your own team? Well, I might have a solution for that. At the time of this recording, I'm so excited to let you know that the doors for my Pitch With Purpose certification program are currently open for applications. And what is this, you may be asking, or even if you didn't ask. (laughs) I basically created this program because I saw there was a huge gap in the current available offers for podcast guesting. You can either do it yourself, but you don't have the bandwidth for it. You have a VA who's probably bought a template and... Even when they try to customize it, it doesn't quite land. Or thirdly, the external booking agency, which you do have the financial investment for, but you realize that there's not a lot of choice that you have with where you're being pitched or how. Well, I want to give that power back to you. And how I can do that is helping to train your team. So the certification program was made for VAs and marketing assistants, anybody who can represent you on your team to do that work, but also allow you to have choice with where you're showing up in the world. So if you want them to write pitches in your voice, being able to find the podcast that are actually ready to hear your message and will allow you to expand your reach even further and know exactly how to promote the episodes without you being in the trenches for it all, well, you might be interested in applying. So I've got a link in the show notes where you can learn more about the certification and fill out the application if you're interested in chatting with me about how this could work for you and your team. And ultimately, if you're listening to this and you're not the CEO who actually wants this to have done for them, but you want to be that person to do the pitching for other clients for this very high in demand service, well, I encourage you to apply too. It's the same link, just head on over to the link in my show notes and you can learn more about how this could work for your business. Alrighty, that's all from me for now. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello my lovelies, this is May Kay Sang, your podcast guesting strategist and mentor, cat lover and the proud host of the Quiet Rebels podcast. This is the place for experts on the rise who are finally ready to stop playing small and to start showing up as the leader they've always been. And contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. You've always been the type to see things differently and you've always chosen another pathway if the one laid out in front of you just doesn't align with your way of life. You're not alone in this. So to help you on your journey, I'm bringing conscious conversations to the table with myself and guest experts who will help you with the inner work that needs to be done in order to make a positive impact on the world with what you do. I see you. And now it's time to hear you, my friend. So please welcome to The Quiet Rebellion. Hello, my wonderful Quiet Rebels. This conversation is one that I never thought I'd have on The Quiet Rebels, actually. And the reason why is because, as you may or may not know me very well, I talk a lot about visibility. I talk about visibility and safety. I especially talk about podcast guesting and visibility. A little bit of publication, a little bit of video. But there's one area that I've yet to cover, which is why my amazing guest is going to help me fill that gap today. So please join me in welcoming the wonderful Kate Cordsmeyer onto the Quiet Rebels podcast. So, hey, Kate, great to have you here. Hey, ooh, I like what intrigue. I love the intro. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I feel like there's, there's so many ways that people can think of visibility, right? They can think of it, again, on podcasts, on publications, on video, social media, SEO even, but I've actually never thought of blogging. So I'm really excited to kind of dig into all the goods because I know this is your area. So <laughs> before we do get into all of the goods, I'd love to know how you, like, why you chose blogging as the career path, how it changed your life, how it's like, how it's still something that you stick to in this day and age, because blogging kind of came first, and then all the fancy stuff came later. So I'm curious, like, what is it that helps you be like, oh, no, blogging is still where it's at. So tell me all the things. (laughs) 
Oh, yes. Okay. So um, I went to journalism school and always wanted to be a writer. Um, I graduated college and felt like everybody else was getting real jobs. And so I needed to do that too. And I got a job as a corporate copywriter and I lasted all of four months in corporate America before I was like, I will die in this cube. Get me out of here. I cannot, (laughs) (laughs) I cannot stay here one minute longer. And everybody thought I was crazy. We were just coming out of the um, recession and people were like, what do you mean? You have a stable job. Like, how could you quit? And I just knew I wanted to do my own thing and be my own boss. So I started freelance writing business and I was writing for national and international. Um, I'm based in the States. Uh magazines, newspapers, some websites at the time, website um stuff wasn't as popular as it is now. Um, and so I did that for about eight years and it was a total dream job. I was a food and travel writer. So I was literally just paid to travel the world and eat the best food and meet the wow. most amazing, <laughs> amazing people. Um, people who love food are always super fun. So we, I had a really good time and it was a wonderful way to spend my twenties. And then I started kind of wanting a change. I, um, I got married. We bought a house. I was kind of in that like settling down a little bit more phase. My travel schedule was so exhausting. And, um, and I just, there was a lot of other things happening in my life at the time. Um, I was having some health issues and we had recently moved from Washington DC to Atlanta and the landscape was just a lot different in terms of media. And, So I was looking for what else I could do and I wanted to make a pivot and I was, I used to read these income reports on other people's blogs. And so they were publishing, you know, reports of how they were making money from their blogs. And I started reading them and was like, well, wait a minute. I mean, one of the pinch of yum was one of the blogs that I read at the time as a food blog. And they were making, you know, at the time, like over $30,000 a month from their food blog. And here I was a food writer being like, well, wait, I could do this and (laughs) I'm not making that kind of money as a journalist. So what am I doing? So I thought, all right, let me try to start a food blog. And, um, I was, like I said, I was going through some health issues at the time. So it was really more of like a food and wellness blog. And, um, I, so I started that at the end of 2015, that was my blog called root and revel. And it was amazing. I loved it so much and I quickly turned it into a six figure business. And so then I stopped freelancing altogether and did that for a few years. And then people started asking me like, how are you doing this? I don't understand how you're making this kind of money blogging. And so I created a course called the Six Figure Blog Academy. And that's kind of now launched into a whole nother business. So I have my personal brand, Kate Kordsmeyer, where I now have several different courses teaching various aspects of blogging and online entrepreneurship and um, a podcast. And here we are today. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. There's so much to unpack here. So first of all, I'm still like thinking like, oh, 30,000, how, <laughs> you know, from this uh, pinch of, I think I've actually read this blog actually, Pinch of Yarn as well, because um, I'm always like looking at recipes, especially for baking because I love yeah. baking. <laughs> but yeah. So, okay. So I feel like you skipped over this, um, uh, this part of your story was oh yeah I quickly grew to six figures as if it was no big deal <laughs> but, <laughs> but it is a big deal and first of all congratulations for you know just like seeing something that was possible and just like really going for it and I'm sure your background you know in journalism and in copywriting even if it was four months you know it really helped you to kind of like craft those skills so I'm just curious what did that look like not just see how you started where you got to but we're a huge fan of like the messy middle of these journeys because we all know that success is not linear it's so non-linear and it's very messy so I'm just curious like what kind of roadblocks did you kind of face on your way to having a six-figure blog um is there anything that you majorly underestimated about blogging I'm sure that that this is going to like naturally trickle out when we talk anyway but that's where I want to start. So yeah, <laughs> you have to say? couldn't agree more. Success is totally the opposite of linear. And my story has definitely not been linear either. Um, I had a lot of roadblocks and challenges. I think the biggest thing was right away. I was like, wow, 
I had no idea how much work goes into this because <laughs> I just thought, you know, you take a couple photos, especially for a food blog. I was thinking, take a couple photos, you publish the recipe, like done, easy. And there's so much more that goes into it if you want to make it into a business. So there is SEO. There's a lot of things on the back end. You know, there's just getting your site set up. And if you want it to get, generate organic traffic and be findable, there's a lot of like things on the back end that you need to um, pay attention to. And of course, it's not just snap a couple photos and put up a post. You know, it, there's a lot more work that goes into it. I ended up hiring a professional photographer to do all of my photos because I very quickly learned that is not my skill set. And um, yeah, there. I mean, there's there's a lot of things, and I think just like any industry, any business, like. There, we always feel like there's so many things we could be doing. Maybe we even feel like we should be doing those things. And so my first year, year and a half or so was very overwhelming because I was trying to do all the things. It was like, okay, I've got to be on social media and I've got to publish twice a week and I've got to, you know, have photos and I've got to be on Pinterest and I've got to make sure the SEO is set up. And I've got like, there was so much and after about a year and a half of doing that, I realized that it was not sustainable and I was having major anxiety and panic attacks and just like, it was not working for my life. And so I decided at the start of 2017, I decided I'm going full-time with the blog. I'm not going to do any freelancing anymore. And I'm just going to focus on content. I'm not going to care about social media. I'm not going to care about all the things. Like I'll get to those later. Right now, I just need to generate really high quality content that's valuable and will serve my readers and hopefully attract some new ones. And so that was my sole focus. And when I really simplified and stopped trying to do all the things, I think within like two months, I was a six-figure business. And it was crazy how quickly it was just like, Oh, okay. So actually when I prioritize the right things, instead of trying to do all the things, that's where the magic happens. Mm, Wow. Two months. What a growth trajectory. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like taking a moment here just to kind of like have that sink in. And so you said um, several times that you've, you know, try to do all the things, but you need to focus on the right things. So for you, what were the right things? For me, there's now looking back and having honed like a full strategy around this, I feel like there are really three main things that I focus on as a blogger and just as an online business owner in general. And that is one, producing quality content and optimizing it for SEO so that I am findable Mm -hmm. and I can get organic traffic without having to spend money on ads or show up on social media all the time. And I can publish, you know, I would rather publish one post a month than three times a week if that post is going to be super high quality. Mm. So quality content optimized for SEO. Second is my email list. And I think as bloggers, when I first started blogging, you know, in 2015, no bloggers were even talking about email because they didn't sell anything, right? Like as a blogger, traditional blogger, you were making most of your money by ads and sponsors and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't really this need to have an email list, but I looked at it very differently and was like, well, you know, I think actually an email would be the best way to connect on a deeper level with my with my readers. And I think I could actually use it to sell affiliate products. Mm -hmm. And so that's the third thing that I really focus on is affiliate marketing. And Mm -hmm. it's a much more passive and genuine way, I think, to monetize your blog rather than having to always be scrambling for sponsors and constantly selling and and that kind of thing. So those are my three things. Mm. 
Yes. SEO, email, affiliates. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the recap. <laughs> I <forget> yeah. online because <laughs> I, I get brain farts very often and I often lose my train of thought. So I'm really, really happy. <laughs> you obviously know what you're doing. Um, so yeah, that, that's really, really, really good to know because my next question was actually going to be, how do you monetize your blog? Because I'm thinking of the listeners um you know to this podcast right now and a lot of them aren't food bloggers so i'm curious to hear like um because i'm sure that you know in your six figure blog academy that you teach um, multiple industries how to really yeah it's definitely not focused on food blog. <laughs> and root and revel really isn't a food blog anymore it's a holistic health blog and so there's lots of non-food content on there okay. <laughs> yes so I'd love to know from you, um, just, you know, just for the sake of our audience, who that just just say they're online service providers in the online business, online marketing space. So, what would a blog look like for them? Or maybe you can give an example of one of your students, and um, yeah, how have they started to you know generate revenue from their blogs? Yeah. So I'm glad you asked this question because I do feel like there's this paradigm shift that I keep talking about and trying to get everybody to see. And I think it's that a lot of people hear the word blog or blogger and they think, well, I don't want to be an influencer. And they think blogging is this specific type of business where kind of like even the, it's very, it's like an old school thought of thinking of it as sort of the way it started, you know, 20 years ago, where it was much more of a online diary or like a chronological kind of, you were just sharing what's going on in your life, what you're wearing, what you're eating, like all these different things. And that is just so not what I see successful blogging looking like today. Mm-hmm. And the paradigm shift that I'm trying to get people to see is that all websites are blogs and all businesses need one. And so if you have any kind of content, it could be a podcast, it could be a YouTube channel, it could be written content. If you have any content and you have a website, it is a blog. And so you don't have to be this traditional influencer. You don't have to do it a certain way. It's really just if you have content that's you know added in any sort of regularity to your site, then it's a blog. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, I think thinking of it this way opens up so many more possibilities because blogging is really just a form of content marketing. And so it's just a way to provide free value to people, which helps build no like, and trust factor. And then also is again, makes you findable. It's the fastest way to show up in Google search results. It's the fastest and easiest way to get organic traffic to your site. And so using your blog like that And then from there, you have more people coming to your site. You can sell more of your services or more of your courses or your products. You can monetize the platform itself if you want to. And you could do things like ads or sponsors or affiliate marketing. But it's really now this like holistic picture of just having a website and how are you going to get traffic to that website? Mm -hmm. I really like this uh, paradigm shift because um, I was speaking to my friends the other day and we've been friends since we were teenagers. So we have like a 13, 14 year old friendship so far. So I've known them for like half my life. (laughs) And then we were talking about the days of MySpace and Bebo, MSN Messenger. And um, one of them was Zanga blogs. So so, um, yeah, so what you said about like, oh, when people have used blogs as a personal diary, which, you know, some people still do that's great um but I really like how you say like no 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 it's still like a a form of content marketing and when the reason why I was really excited to have our conversation today is because my writing skills have definitely improved over the last couple of months especially when I've had some more things to say and my Instagram is kind of like a mini blog in itself however obviously the platform isn't mine it is Instagram so having your own blog is kind of like is increasing retention when people come to your website and they you know they might stick around long enough to actually check out something that you offer and that's something that we can do there and it's 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 not to say that Instagram isn't shareable it is but um you know, the Instagram the, is not reliable. And I'm glad you said that because I hear so many people saying, um, oh, I'll just start my blog on Instagram. And I'm like, that is not a blog. That is a social media platform. You don't own it. You don't like if something changes um, with the algorithm or something happens where like, okay, Instagram's out. Now it's all about TikTok or Clubhouse or whatever the new thing is going to be. Which has been happening. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, 
you don't own it and it's, and it's not findable. Like people can't really search. Like, yes, there's hashtags. You can't go to Instagram and type in a question and then get a post that answers that question. You can just Mm. search with hashtags. So you're not findable and you're not, it, it like, there's no longevity with it. I mean, Mm. it's like posts are dead by, you know, yeah, 24 hours. It's so fleeting. I mean, with Root and Revel, for example, I wrote a blog post three years ago and when it consistently earns me $5,000 a month, just this one blog post, because it's monetized with affiliates and it does, it shows up on the first page of Google. And so we're constantly just getting a new stream of leads to that post every single day without having to do anything. Mm -hmm. And when the pandemic hit, people were searching this topic with much more frequency and so we actually made $42,000 in three months from a blog post I wrote three years ago. And that could never mm-hmm. happen on Instagram. It could mm-hmm. never happen on a social media platform. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think there's a lot more sustainability. There's a lot more passivity to it. It's a lot more like you can do it once and then earn on it forever. Whereas Instagram is every day, you got to show up again and come up with something new and do it again. And blogging is, is not that. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking is that on the Kate Kordsmeyer brand that I have now, so it's a totally separate website. Um, it's a totally separate business, but I still have a blog component and I don't actually publish many traditional blog posts, like just written content. That's just a blog post, but I have a podcast and I publish the show notes on my website in the form of a blog post which now is optimized for SEO, which means people can search for something in Google or Pinterest or YouTube even. And then my website is going to come up and say, well, here, we have the answer for this. And there's a podcast player if you want to listen to it, or you can read the show notes or whatever. And so it's like, basically, no matter what form your content is taking, you need to have it living on your site in a blog post so that you can be getting that organic traffic. Hmm. Yes, I'm just, I'm just like as you're talking, I'm thinking of my own website. Like, hmm, yes, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's a matter of time um, until a blog comes, and because I've been wanting to do this segment. That's uh, I did want to do it via podcast, but I've noticed recently because um, our capacity changes with whichever season of life we're in, or what's happening in the world, and um, at the time of this recording, um. And even beyond this recording, actually, there's there's been a huge escalation of Asian hate crimes, especially in Q1. And even though the world has moved on now into other matters, and fair enough, you know, all news does, but, you know, that's still happening, right? And because that's happened, there's been like this lingering uh, mm, vampire sucking of my my capacity because the grief that comes with something like that that hits so close to home it's really like sat my capacity so my visibility has shifted where I used to be on a lot when it came to social media especially showing my face however I've noticed that when I have a low uh, visibility capacity I have a strong I still have a pretty strong capacity to write right so during these these difficult times especially I feel like writing more than I do speaking so I just feel like you know having multiple bases covered for you depending on what's going on in the world is actually going to be really helpful and the Mm -hmm. segment that I wanted to do is called make cave musings so uh, I'm not sure how SEO optimized that's going to be but (laughs) at least getting started with like being okay writing on my own platform in a way that's not going to be fleeting. It's just going to stay there for as long as I allow it to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the beauty of what you're saying too, is that you could do it that way where you're like switching based on your capacity of like, I feel more mm. like writing. I feel more like speaking. I want to do a video today, etc. They all like your website, your blog is your home base where mm. all of those things can live. Yeah. Um, but they could also all be repurposed. So like every podcast episode I record is repurposed as a blog post, which is then repurposed as a YouTube video, which is then repurposed as Instagram content or whatever. And it's just, you know, again, getting that longevity of do something once and then, you know, spend a few, t- a few minutes repurposing it for all these other places. Um, but then it's done and you, now you've covered all your bases with one thing. 
Mm. Oh, I like that. And as you said, podcast several times, I thought, oh, you can do like, um, because I've done it on Instagram like once or twice where I do a podcast roundup. So a, a roundup of a certain month and there are the guests. But I thought, hmm, what if I do roundups of podcast episodes that I've done on the Quiet Rebels and, you know, just like under a certain theme? Mm-hmm. Like visibility, for example, like, you know, you would be there, like in this roundup mm-hmm. post. <laughs> Yeah. And And if you optimize, you know, that post for your theme is based on something that people are actually searching for and people are asking questions about, then you get a new stream of traffic coming to your website. And maybe then they come to your website, they listen to a couple episodes, they read a couple posts, they join your email list, then they hire you to do whatever it is that you sell or however you serve. And, you know, it's just sort of like, it's the best and fastest way to get that organic traffic. And I, I always just like overemphasize that because I think um, too often we feel like we have to show up on social media all day, every day, or we have to spend a lot of money on ads. And yeah. I think both things can be a great compliment, but this is a way to not put all of your eggs in one basket. Mm, yes, absolutely. And again, like blogging seems like one of those that are actually sustainable Yeah, as well, because- ads social media like it's great but it can be fleeting and it's all dependent on algorithms which we don't have any control over right totally oh my goodness so okay I have to ask you what what would you say is the biggest underestimation that people have about blogging because the fact that you're talking about this and talking about this paradigm shift and just really reframe what people think of blogging in general like what do you think people really underestimate about this i think just the power of it i think people don't realize that once you become findable on search engines that like you can exhale and that there's this it's all now just happening in the background and it can mm. be happening on posts that come out you know i mean usually it takes a few weeks for things to start take, getting traction on google and stuff but um sometimes a few months even but once you start having this steady stream, I think people just really underestimate like, oh my gosh, like I spend less than 15 minutes a day on social media and I have a multiple six-figure business. And, um, you know, I just, I think there's so much freedom in that and feeling mm. like you can, you know, do less and work less and not have to be on all the time and still, and make even more money and mm. serve more people. Mm. Yeah, I really like that. And as soon as you said 15 minutes, I'm like, how? How, how do you do that? <laughs> so there's clearly like some of us who need to like start looking at blogging. So where would you say is the easiest place to start? So when when you have like um, your students in your programs, for example, um, where do you advise that they start if it feels very overwhelming? Yeah. Well, so I think it depends what phase you're in because I have – so I have two self-study courses. One is called 21 Days to Impact. And this is for people who don't even have a website yet, or maybe they have a website, but it's on something like Squarespace or Wix or Weebly or some of these other platforms that are really going to hinder your SEO. And so I get everybody onto WordPress. And so the first yes, place I'm just pumping. I'm just pumping here. I've got WordPress with, well, okay. we show it. <laughs> we've show it. Yes. Okay. And so, and I think show it is sometimes a little bit controversial, but I think it depends on your goals and show it is overall a much better. It's more of a page builder than it is like Squarespace, which is like hosting your entire, you know, your mm. entire website and all of that. So, um, I think again, your goals, I, I think most of your audience listening, being service providers, coaches, consultants, course creators, those kinds of people, they're in the conversion business of your website is how you convert people into clients or customers. Mm -hmm. Whereas traditional bloggers are in the traffic business and they're making most of their money from ads, which means they need to have millions of people coming to their site every day to make money. And so when you still need traffic as a conversion website, but you don't need as much traffic. Mm. So I think doing something like show it and we're actually transitioning katecordsmeyer.com to be on show it as well. Um, I would never recommend that for my students who are trying to be high traffic bloggers, but in that traditional sense where they're like, no, I need hundreds of thousands, if not more page views to make this profitable. Mm. Um, So yes, WordPress is the place to start. 
And then I think it really is a matter of like, what are your goals? What do you, who do you serve? How do you want to serve them? And like I said, there's so many different options because you can monetize the platform itself and you don't have to sell anything of your own and still make, you know, we made multiple, we made over $200,000 last year with Root and Rebel and we don't sell any products of our own on that site. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go that route. You can go more the Kate Kordsmeyer route, the, the route of like, um, you know, I have content, I monetize with affiliates, but mostly I'm monetizing by selling my own courses and coaching programs and things like that. Um, and so, and anywhere in between. So I think it just depends on, on what you want to do. Mm. Okay. So it's interesting that you said that. Um, so for, from what you've seen that my kind of audience with having coaches and copywriters and other service providers that were more on the conversion side, as opposed to the high traffic blogger. Mm-hmm. Right. So on that note, um, what kind of content do you recommend that they start with as they're just like dipping their foot into the water of blogging? Yeah. I think it's content that is going to get people into the mindset they need to be in in order to hire you. Um, So whether they're hiring you for like done for you services or done with you or even self-study courses and things like that, then um, what do they need to know in order to be like, yes, I'm ready to hit buy now? Um, What questions do they have? What objections do they have? What myths do you need to bust? So like, for example, one of the myths I'm constantly busting on the Kate Kordsmeyer blog is blogging isn't dead. Blogging is alive and well. Here's (laughs) why everybody needs to have a blog so that because I can't sell them a course on how to make money blogging if they don't first believe that it's possible. Yeah. So it's, it's the, it's more of the mindset stuff and it's answering those questions and anything that's going to, again, build that no like, and trust factor. So you're giving them a lot of free value, you know, people are listening to this podcast and I'm sure many people listen to your show and then are like, okay, I'm ready to go hire Maykay to help me with visibility. And it's the same thing. It's just like, it's a form of content marketing. Mm. Well, you've, you've done your, you've done your job because like, I am, I'm definitely going to actually have a blog now. Cause I was thinking about <laughs> maybe I should, but then now speaking to you, I'm like, yeah, I like this idea of sustainability, long, longevity. And, um, yeah, because there's a lot of things to say about certain things. So the the content to start with, it sounds like kind of a frequently asked questions, whether it's public or private in their mind, and um, it's priming content, it sounds like, priming yeah. them to get to that point when it, it might be like a genuinely viable decision for them to consider hiring you or buying one of your products or investing in one of your services or programs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so... Where would you say most people get stuck with this? Mm. <laughs> most people get stuck because they want it to turn into an overnight success. Mm. And they're like, I have three blog posts up and I'm not making any money yet. And you're like, well, <laughs> <laughs> if you want a business that withstands the test of time and has that longevity, it is going to take some time to get set up. And blogging is a little bit more of a slower burn than some other marketing tactics. Certainly paid ads are like, I spent money on ads. And in theory, now I have a return on my investment like the next day. Mm-hmm. Blogging is not that. Um, it's, it doesn't need to take you years. I think some people hear that and they think, well, I don't have five years to wait to start making money. It's like, no, no, no. I started making six figures for my blog in year two. I think you could do it in one year. Um, but, and that was just monetizing with the traditional blogging methods. Like now Kate Kordsmeyer is less than a year and a half old and it's making multiple, multiple six figures. And so it doesn't take a ton of time, but it is not going to be, I put up a blog post, I'm on page one of Google next week. And now I have hundreds of people coming to my site every day. Mm. Well, obviously we're going to link up to your website. Cause I want to see these, these blogs on Root and Revel and Kate Kordsmeyer. <laughs> <laughs> And um, could you tell us um, the the three year old blog posts that's still kind of working for you? Like, what what was that one about? Yeah, well, I have many. Like, if I look at my for in the year of twenty twenty, let's just say, if I look at what my top ten blog posts were, none of them were written in twenty twenty. They were written in years prior, and so again, it's part of like, it's a little bit of that slow burn part and playing the long game, but it's also then seeing like, wow, posts that I wrote years ago are working for me still. 
Mm -hmm. And knowing that, so now the posts I wrote in 2020, hopefully in 2021, 2022, those will be working for me. Yeah, (laughs) through then. So the post I mentioned is a post about organic meat delivery services in the US. Mm -hmm. And so I rounded up, like at the time, nobody else was talking about this. There were these services that you could order organic meat from, but nobody had rounded up and done sort of like a comparison guide to help people. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. I would love to have my groceries delivered. That would save me a ton of time and know that it's high quality stuff. And now I can just go to this website. And so people would type in organic meat delivery. And I was the number one post showing up for a long time. I'm not anymore. Now people have caught on to this. I've talked about this enough times. I'm sure a lot of people (laughs) listening have been like, cool, I'm going to do the same post. Um, But, um, yeah, so it was, it was just a roundup and then most of the brands, not all of them were affiliate partners of ours. So then people would come to the site, they would pick the brand that most resonated with what they were looking for. They would purchase through my link and then we would get a commission on that sale. Mm, Right. Okay. So yeah, comparisons, like for any blogs that I read, a lot of them are comparisons, especially when I was looking for a new software to shift to, because I shifted from Kartra to, and I was going to, it was between Podia and Kajabi. I wound up choosing Kajabi, but um, even so, those are the blogs that I do really look at because it's like all the pros and the cons. And when you're making a pretty big decision that's going to impact your business a fair amount, then you want to see those comparisons. I can see why that, that blog went Uh, comparison guides and roundups are super, super popular. People love, and you're taking, this is where you're just like, I'm just providing value. Like I'm just taking the legwork out of this. I'm doing people's homework for them and saying like, I mean, you could do a post comparing Kajabi, Kartra and Podia, and you could be affiliates for all three brands. And then you could tell them, this is the one that I chose. And here's why but you might actually prefer Kartra if you're looking for X, or you might prefer Podia if why is more important to you. And then, so you're, it's like such a win, win, win all the way around mm-hmm. because yeah. you're giving them value. You're helping them solve a problem. But then when they choose something based off of your recommendation, which is what they came to you for, then you're able to earn a commission on that. And, um, you know, then even for the brand, it's a win for them because they're reaching an audience that they wouldn't have reached otherwise. And, you know, you're, you're helping them make that sale. Mm-hmm. As you were speaking, I came up with a blog topic in my head. <laughs> so, there you go. Oh, I see the wheels ahead. turning as I'm looking yeah. at you and you're like, oh, I have so many ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, okay. So I've asked you the things that like, what do people underestimate? Where do people get stuck? Where can they get started? So I'd love to ask you now, this is a completely open-ended question. What is something that you wish people would ask you about blogging, but they never do? Oh, what a good question. Okay. Let me think about this. Something I wish people would ask me there. There's a lot of things I wish people knew. Um, I'm wondering what I wish people would ask me. Gosh, sorry. to Now not have a straight answer straight away, <laughs> but I'm thinking, um, I wish people would ask me more questions about affiliate marketing because so many students, so in the Six Figure Blog Academy, one of my courses, we teach three primary ways of monetizing your blog, ads, sponsors, and affiliates. And everybody focuses on ads and mostly people focus on sponsors. Everybody wants to work with brands and get paid to do it upfront. And I'm always like, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Sponsors are great to have like in your back pocket and as sort of like one of your revenue streams so that you're diversified. But working with affiliates is such a, again, I'm always about like sustainable, long-term, what's going to last, what's more passive, you know? And so I feel like even in our Facebook group, people are always coming in and saying like, oh, they ask so many questions about sponsors and nobody's asking about affiliates. I'm like, guys, this is where you need to focus is the affiliates. Um, So I wish just in general, people would be more interested in that. Mm, Okay. Good to know. So thank you for that little tidbit there. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. As we start rounding off uh, this conversation, which has been so good. Oh my gosh. As you can like, no one else can see me right now, but you, but you can, you, you can like, see the wheels turning like yeah. in like the way that my uh, my eyes are darting from corner to corner <laughs> as these ideas are coming up for me so um yeah just where do you think 
we can just like start for someone like myself, for example, like because I'm speaking to you, I'm already getting these ideas, but for someone who's listening and they're like, okay, I'm convinced now that I, that I need a blog for my, for my business, for my website, where, where do they even begin? What should they consider before committing to it perhaps? Yeah, maybe that's a good question to kind of like round off with. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest factors to your success with blogging um, or content marketing in general is going to be consistency. Mm -hmm. So don't get into it if you're like, I don't know when I'm going to find the time for this. And maybe I'll post something once a year or a couple, you know, like once a quarter, like you don't have to be publishing multiple times a week. Absolutely not. And like I said, I would rather quality over quantity, but I think like at a minimum, you need to be publishing once a month. And my ideal is once a week, but you need to pick a schedule that works for you that you can reasonably commit to. And then make sure that you understand SEO because you can be writing the best content in the world, but if it's not optimized for SEO, it's still going to be hard to be found. And Mm -hmm. so that would be understanding things like keywords and how to do keyword research, how to use those keywords inside of your post, where you're supposed to put them. There's a lot of, again, that backend stuff that I mentioned in the beginning that people think like, oh, I just write a blog post and I put it up. It's like, well... What does your meta description say? Do you have alt text and are your keywords in your SEO title versus your, you know, the slug or the URL and like really understanding those pieces um, is going to be integral to whether or not you actually do get found. Oh my goodness. So this gives me a total flashback and, and uh, because I used to do YouTube, but that's the reason why I stopped doing it is because of the whole perfectionist thing. And anyway, that's, <laughs> that's why I podcast now. But I do remember that when I was learning about YouTube, that um, it's kind of like YouTube SEO in, in, in mm-hmm. that sense, because YouTube is a search, it is like a search engine for video in, in a way, right? Yeah. So um, I remember the when I was... Uh, I finished editing a video before I uploaded it to YouTube. I had to go into the back end and change the metadata for the video itself, for the thumbnail that I've been using, making sure that the keywords that I'm that I'm putting in the video is actually in my title and that I say it, especially in the yeah. first like 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. So it sounds like this is the blog it's version. Very similar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the written version of that. And like I said, YouTube is still like what if I had a YouTube channel, which I'm about to start one actually, but I'm starting one by repurposing podcast interviews as YouTube videos. And then I'm putting, so I have the YouTube, people can search on YouTube and find whatever I'm talking about there. But then I'm also embedding that YouTube video into a blog post on my website with show notes, not show notes, but the equivalent um, for Mm -hmm. a YouTube video, optimizing the blog post also for keywords. So people can find me on YouTube. They can find me on Google. And really, I guess Google, Google owns YouTube, right? Um, So they, um, in theory, they could search on Google and your YouTube video would still come up in a search result, even if you don't have it on a blog post, but I'm kind of covering all my bases. And again, repurposing content so that like people aren't going to follow you on all the channels. Mm -hmm. And So you want to have like, you're meeting people who love YouTube, you're meeting them where they're at. People who want to read, you're meeting them where they're at. People who would prefer to listen, et cetera. Mm. Oh, this is so good. I love how there's a lot of pressure that you've taken off. It's like, you don't need to worry about the new, 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 new. You just like focus on what's already working for you and just like optimize that because that can really bring about like long-term gains um, Mm. instead of fleeting content. Marketing. yeah 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 oh okay this is so good I I'm sure that I'm not the only person who's listening right now <laughs> who is inspired to learn more how to actually start a blog on their terms so on that note I'd love to know where can people go to find you when um whether it's looking at these blog posts that you write on either on Revel or Kate Kozmeyer or finding you on your multiple platforms to just really get started with blogging potentially yeah. for their business. <laughs> yeah. I honestly think um, there's two places I want to direct people. I mean, of course, we're listening to a podcast right now, so you can come listen to my podcast. It's called Success with Soul, and you can listen to it wherever you're listening to this one. Um, and 
the other thing I wanted to share was I, I just launched this new program in March called the Success with Soul Incubator. And in it, it's a six-phase kind of success cycle, um, again, because success is not linear. And um, one of the phases is content marketing and how to really use this to in order to get that organic traffic. Um, and so I think anybody who's listening is probably better suited to that versus something like the Six Figure Blog Academy. Um, based on knowing what I know about your audience. So I would love for them to come check out the program. It's at katecordsmeyer.com forward slash apply. And you can learn more about what we cover in there. Um, Again, I'm all about very um, passive and sustainable ways of scaling your business and doing it in a really soulful, um, spiritual way that, you know, lights you up. So Um, I think that's probably the best place. And I do have a free gift um, that I'd love to share as well. And you can find that at katecordsmeyer.com forward slash gift. And that's my 99 step roadmap to profitable blogging. All right. So be sure to pop over those links into the show notes. So, and I'm sure that, you know, people without, without the forward slash apply or forward slash gift, they'll naturally find your website and all the places that you show up on social as well, which yes. is only for 15 minutes a day. Remember everyone. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be difficult to catch uh, Kate during that window of, of opportunity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so be sure to pop those things there. So Kate, as we round off, I've got two final questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. Hope so, so. Number one is what makes you a quiet rebel? Hmm. Well, as you could tell, um, I, you know, lasted four months in corporate America. I've always kind of wanted to um, not just rebel against the status quo just for the sake of rebelling, but because I've, I've always really followed my heart and my intuition. And that usually doesn't line up with what um, everyone else is doing. And people thought I was crazy when I left my corporate job to start my own business. And then people thought I was crazy to start blogging when I had this really amazing um, freelance business. And I'm always just like, it's just what feels right. And so I just follow that. Um, so I think that kind of is the rebel part. And then I'm also, um, what I always say is like an extroverted introvert in that I love talking one-on-one with people and in small groups. And, but I am not the person who's like life of the party. And um, (laughs) I'm definitely, I wouldn't say shy, but just, I'm definitely introverted. And, um, so I think there's that and just the, the empathetic and compassionate qualities that I think I have in terms of like, just really under understanding everybody's point of view, wanting to see all the sides Mm -hmm. of of any argument and not feeling like I just need to be right. Mm. Oh, that, yep. Nail on the head right there. And when you said life of the party, as soon as you said that, I imagined like a literal party and people like, you know, like drinking, like, yay, they're playing all these games. And I literally like saw myself like on the side table, like cleaning up all the cups that people (laughs) Because I'm that awkward person who would be like, yeah, I'm just going to clean the table. I mean, like, this is someone's house, you know, guys. Like, that would be- <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Anyhow, so I have one final question for you. And it's my absolute favorite to ask any guest. So my lovelies, if this is your first time listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, then you picked a great episode to really help you with, you know, blogging for, you know, your visibility potential style. Um, But if you are a frequent listener, you know what's going to happen next. So when you hear the sound, it means it's time for the fact of the day. So Kate, because you are in our guest chair, I would love to ask you, what is one weird fact or a fun story that is not easily found on the internet? About you. (laughs) (laughs) Just any any old fact. Any fact, you know, about a zebra or a kangaroo. No, no, no. About you. (laughs) I have been thinking about this because I am generally such an open book. I mean, now I publish income reports. I send emails, you know, every week to my list from my heart. I have my own podcast. Like I'm, I feel like I share a lot of my life. So I'm like, what does somebody, you know, not really know? And one of the things that came to mind was like, well, I play piano. People are always surprised to know that, but that's not really that exciting. So then I was thinking there is something I have shared it before, but it is not easily found. And it's not something I necessarily talk about frequently. 
And that is that I have two kids and one of them, um, well, actually both of them were born in a bath and I had a water birth for both of them. My first was my son and I had a very traumatic birth experience. I did write a blog post about it, but it is not SEO optimized. It is Mm. from my heart. And, um, so it's not something that gets talked about a lot, but after that, when I got pregnant with my second, I had a lot of fear and anxiety about giving birth again. And so I did hypnosis and Mm. it was so amazing. And I feel like I manifested this incredible, amazing birth. My daughter was born three hours, start to finish in the tub. And it was so beautiful and kind of shocking because I was just like, I just went into labor. How are you here already? But, um, that's something that I haven't really, really talked much about. So hopefully that fits the bill. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, you know, I, one of my cousins has a friend who also, um, she went through hypnosis and did a water bath and she said that that made the biggest difference. So there's, there might be that connection there for sure. And um, yeah, that was really personal share. So thank you so much. And I'm glad that your children have been safely brought into the world regardless. And um, yeah, so thank you for sharing. And I've so, so appreciate all of the goodness that you have shared today in our interview as well, because honestly, before, before I hit record, I was like, Oh, I'm interested to hear what Kate's going to talk about. I didn't think I'd actually walk away, but no, I definitely have to start a blog. So (laughs) so I'm going to be like that one month frequency girl. Okay. so (laughs) That's fine. Take the time you would have spent on Instagram and put it into your blog and you'll feel so much better. Roger that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Kate. Thanks. And so my lovely, there we have it. So everything that we mentioned in today's interview will be popped into the show notes. So be sure to head for that link. And if you haven't done so already, I would so love it if you could subscribe to this podcast because that way you don't miss a single episode and another conscious conversation. And of course, if you feel cool to, I would so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review because that really helps other quiet ripples find us. Ah, oh my goodness. Okay, another great episode. And so I will be back same place, same time next week for another episode of the Quiet Rebels podcast. So until then, my lovely, do take care and bye for now.